can you all say it without me? <laughs> Just keep going. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Covenant covering. Every child of God is covered under the new covenant. Every child of God is covered under the new covenant. And I said last time that if you are not enjoying the privileges that you have in the new covenant, it's because you don't fully know all that it offers. There's a lot I am still searching to know everything that God has offered. And I'm not sure that in this lifetime I will be able to fully discover is something that you have to discover. It's something that you have to search for. The scripture puts it this way. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Until you get to know what the covenant offers, it's hard to enjoy what it offers. So it's ignorance that is really our problem. We don't have any, other, any enemy anywhere. Satan is truly, truly cannot do anything to us. Our greatest enemy is our ignorance. The more we know the word of God, the freer we get in this life. The more confidence you have in this life. And the more fearless you are, uh, you will be with regards to the things that people have to deal with. Because you know God's on your side. And the scripture says, if God be for us, conditional, if God be for us, who, what, who can be against us? There's nobody that can be against you. Nobody can cause you harm. So this covenant, this covenant covers you and protects you from every harm. We need to know that. Secondly, our, sec- our problem is double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. And that's very prevalent in the church. We believe, but we don't believe. Really, we have unbelieving believers. They don't believe, they seldom believe. But when it comes to really believing, you can tell from their language, they really don't believe. They say, well, I know the Bible says that, but, uh, and then they want to give you what they really believe. And that's what they really believe. And so they believe, but don't really believe. So they are double-minded, and the scripture says, if any of you lack wisdom, that's James chapter 1, verse 5 and 8, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. God will give to all. Ask. If you think you don't have, and wisdom comes from the Word of God, knowing and understanding the Word of God. If you lack that wisdom, the Bible says, ask. God gives to all liberally. So if you don't have that wisdom, it's because you're not asking. God cannot lie. If He says you will receive, certainly you will receive if you ask. If you ask for understanding, God will answer. I'm beginning to learn that even your thoughts, God answers. I see when I'm troubled by something and I'm thinking about it, and it bothers me even before I have the time to really separate myself, to ask God for this problem, He's taking care of it. 
And so he lines up with what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Or in, that means imagine according to the power that is in us. God is able to do that. So God cares for his own. Bless, let us ask from him because he gives. God gives to all who ask. Ask and you shall receive. Knock, the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. So God gives liberally without reproach. He doesn't say, how come you didn't ask the last time? How long, how long have you been asking? No reproach. He gives liberally. And it will be given to you. God will give to you. But he says, but when you ask, ask in faith with no doubting. Don't second guess God. God's going to give to you. Ask. Ask. That's for every human being. Even unbelievers. You've heard of testimonies where people say, God, they put their hands up and they say, God, if you are there, let me know. And guess what? He answers their prayers. And then they are in church because they dare to talk to him about it. So when you ask as a believer, God hears you. Even what you say in secret, he hears. Talk more of asking for him to do something. Why is he God? He is the God that meets every need. And we can ask him, and he will meet the needs. He says, but when you ask, don't doubt. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. So God wants you to be stable in what you believe. Amen? Don't get moved by what you see with your eyes. Stay put in what you believe. Even if it contradicts what you're feeling. You know God's true. You know God cannot lie. But your body is telling you a different thing. You know God cannot lie. But your finances are telling you a different thing. And maybe you've been in it for a long time. And so your, body, your mind begins to tell you, you need to yield to this thing. Because the, I know you know the word, but the word is not working. If you believe that, you've closed the door. But if you stand fast, God will come through for you. And then you learn a great lesson. You have the experience, and then you can go further with God. So we need to understand that double-mindedness can really hinder you. And so you need to know what the, the, first, what the covenant provides, and then stay with what it provides. Even if it contradicts what you are experiencing. Your experience, your experience cannot dictate to the word of God. One's going to change and it's not the word of God. <laughs> okay? Something is going to change. God's word is not going to change. So that thing is subject to change. And God's word is not subject to change. So if you stay with God's word, eventually what is subject to change will change. But we have to believe and refuse to doubt. Amen? So we need to know what the scripture says. I'd like to read Psalm 103, beginning from verse uh, 1. This is a psalm of David. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why? Bless the Lord, in other words, set God apart for praise. Amen? Bless the Lord, O my soul. You tell your soul. 
even when your body is telling you, I, I don't feel like praising God today, say, shut up. Now, we got to praise God today. <laughs> Amen. I don't feel good. Your body is telling you that. And you say, no, soul, emotions, the soul is the seat of your emotions. Even when your emotions contradict it, tell your emotions, you got to listen. We're praising the Lord today. Amen. Praise the Lord or bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise Him. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. You know what I like, why I like this scripture? If that bad feeling is within you and is not ready to praise the Lord, let it vacate your body. Amen? So commend your body and the bad feelings and whatever. If there is sickness, you know sickness is not going to praise God, right? And so when you praise God, the sickness says, this place is too hard for me. I'm getting out of this body. Don't like this place anymore. Amen? So bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Then it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. When you are under the covenant, you have benefits. And God is telling you, don't forget them. Because if you forget them, you won't enjoy them. Many want to forget them. But God says, let those words never come depart from your mouth. You can read in Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 59, the very last, sharp, the very last part of the verse. God says, my covenant, this is my covenant with them. He, God said, he will put his word from, in your mouth. He will put his spirit upon you. He will put his word upon your mouth. And the words will never depart from your mouth forever. And your children's mouth. And your children's children's mouth. So the word is fulfilled. So he tells us very clearly. Don't forget his benefits. Every child of God under this covenant has benefits. I need to discover what those benefits are. So I can enjoy them. Because until you discover them and you tell your soul and persuade your soul to praise God for those benefits, you never enjoy them. You speak to your soul because that's the seat of your emotion. That's your mind. That's your feelings. Feelings can deceive you. If you wake up real happy and somebody looks at you and says, What's the matter with you? You look, you look different today. You look down. Before long, you'll start looking down if you believe what they say. No, I'm happy. Oh, really? They'll leave, you, they'll leave you alone. And before long, you're happy. So you can commend your soul. So the Bible says, don't forget the benefits. The first benefit is it forgives all your iniquities. That's number one. This is so important. Until, until your iniquities are forgiven, you're going nowhere. That's number one. And we as Christians, children of God, we have the privilege of our sins being forgiven. In God's mind, you can't walk with God, you can't prosper, you can't do anything with Him as long as your iniquities have not been forgiven. That's number one benefit. And that's for us every single day. The Bible says the, His mercies are new every morning. Every single day there is mercy upon your life. Your iniquities are forgiven. If we walk in the light 
as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So our sins are constantly being cleansed, and God is constantly purifying us so that we can enjoy the benefits. He forgives all our iniquities. All of them. We need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. And this forgiveness is a benefit from God. Not what you've done, but a benefit from God. So that there is nothing between you, there is nothing standing between you and the other benefits God's giving to you. So the number one benefit is your sins are forgiven every single day. They are under the blood as long as you are in fellowship with God. It says we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's number one benefit. As long as you are still feeling guilt, as long as you are still feeling, I'm not up to God, God's will for my life, everything else is shut, closed. And so God gave us this great benefit that we can enjoy every single day so that the gate, the doors of heaven... Always open, just like the veil was torn from top to bottom. Everything open. There's nothing. You can walk into God's presence, and in His presence, there is fullness of joy. And so we understand this benefit. God says, don't forget this. You can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. Once you are forgiven, sickness leaves. It doesn't have any right to stay. You can't be forgiven and still retain sickness. That's why it says, he heals. the next thing is, who heals all your diseases? You cannot receive forgiveness and still be sick. If you receive forgiveness and you're still sick, the reason is because you don't understand all that the covenant provides. You remember they brought a man down, you know, through the roof? Why, they, what did he need? He needed healing. He never was asking for forgiveness of sin. But he says, when Jesus saw their face, he said to the young man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. The man wasn't asking for, sin forgive, for forgiveness of sin. He wanted healing. But Jesus knew the number one blessing this man needs, crippled man, the number one blessing he needs is forgiveness of sin. Because once his sin is forgiven, the door opens up for his healing. So don't forget these benefits. Don't forget these benefits. So Jesus said to the fellow, your sins have forgiven you. And the Pharisee says, who can forgive sin? Blasphemy. Except God, Jesus said, well, so that you know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sin. First he said, which is easier to say. If I say your sin is forgiven, forgiven you, who can tell whether the sins are forgiven? You can't see it, right? But I'll show you what you can see so you know that what you can't see is already taking place. So he said to the man, rise up, take up your bed and go walk out of this place. The man took his bed. Uh, he said, I ain't studying you Pharisees and walk out. <laughs> and they said, oh, glory to God. 
Amen. Everybody was excited. Great God gave power to man to forgive. This is they never heard that before. But that's what the principle of the word of God. Once your sins are forgiven, you're healed. And God says, don't forget these benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? In other words, you were going this way and things were getting really bad for you and you're going down. But now that your sins are forgiven because of the covenant that Jesus has given to us and now that God has healed you, uh, you do a bad turn. Now it's to rise. Amen? Arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. That's the time. No more destruction. No more destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. And then the scripture says, He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not just mercies, but tender mercies. That's for every one of us. I don't know if we fully understand it. You'll never be sad. I'm still praying to God for me to understand. If you understand God's tender mercies, you'll never be sad a day in your life. It's not almighty God, not only being merciful, but He has for you tender mercies, which are new every morning. When you open your eyes, uh, tender mercy shows up. What do you need for your comfort today? So everywhere you go, you have two huge individuals following you. One is called loving kindness. And the other one is called tender mercies. They go with you everywhere you go. As children of the living God. For whom Jesus shed his precious blood. You're worth that. That's the price of his blood, your life. And God protects it. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness. Then, now, with his loving kindness, he, he feeds you. He satisfies your mouth. We're not talking about donuts here. But he satisfies your mouth with good things. That means your life. So that your youth is renewed. Amen. Your youth is renewed. There's one Papa Smith. We, that's what we call our children's ministry back there. Smith Hall. There's one Papa Smith that used to be in our church. And um, every time I start his scripture, uh, I'm reading it. He's finishing it for me. He was 90 something years old. And uh, I think he was, when he was 90, Papa Smith, I think I had declared in, uh, in, the, uh, in the church then that nobody was permitted to die in our church that year. And uh, we were serious about it. We prayed about it uh, because the previous years we had two deaths, one year and then the following year. And I said, no, I don't want anyone this, mo- this year 
Otherwise, the people start talking about that church where somebody dies every year. Uh, that was very tough for me. I didn't want that, so I declared nobody was permitted to die. And then Papa Smith said he was tired. He wants to go home. I said, please go and tell Papa Smith he's not permitted to die this year. He can't go home. <laughs> so we tricked him. Michael still talks about it. We tricked him because he started telling people in church he was ready to go home. Um, but... Um, I tricked him. I knew what we were doing. I said, make him go to the altar and pray for people. That way he's doing something. And uh, if he's doing something for God and he's seeing the results, he won't think about going home. And that's exactly what he did. One of the people that he prayed for is now a minister. That, that fellow is now is a preacher. Uh, I think associate, associate pastor in the church. Uh, Pete prayed for peace and all of that. But you see Papa Smith, he's at the altar praying for them. I said, I got him now. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> and he stayed. Uh, but it was incredible. At 92, he was still quoting scriptures. And remember, right before, maybe it was a Monday, I took my two sons and we went to his home. And Papa Smith was sitting. He says, uh, Pastor, I don't know what's happening to me. My body is just weak. And we've gone to the doctor. His son was sitting there. Brother Smith still comes to church here, and um, we both sat down, we started listening to him. He said, I don't know what's happening to me. We went to the doctor, and they checked me all out, and they said, I'm fine. But when I stand, my feet, everything, I feel very weak. And I said, wow, that's interesting. The guy's not sick, nothing in his body, but he's just weak. So we realized he was going. And uh, Papa Smith was sitting right there. And we were, uh, me, uh, myself and Brother Smith, the son, uh, we were planning his funeral. He had his head down. And so we were talking about what church to use and where to do, who is going to speak. I've never seen a son like that. The guy is sitting down there, not sick, and you're planning his funeral. He had no fear. He just listened to us. And then, you know, once in a while I knew he would like the scriptures. So I start quoting some scripture. And he would stand up and he would quote it again. <laughs> it's like we never talked about his death. He just takes it away from me and he starts quoting. His energies come back again. I said, lay your hands on my son. Pray for them right now. <laughs> I was having fun. I think Angela and I were going back to Angela's brother in Longview when they called his papa is gone. But it was a time of rejoicing. It will satisfy your mouth with good things. And with long life, he'll satisfy you. He'll satisfy you. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So these are some of the benefits. Sometimes we read these scriptures and we say, well, how nice. But we don't believe them. They act on them. I'm not going anywhere till I'm ready to go. When I'm tired and I want to go home, that's the time. No sickness dictates when I go. If the doctors can't find a cure, God is going to cure me. I just don't care. He that, whether it's the doctor or God, I'm going to get well. Amen. That's just the way. You have to make up your mind. You got to decide. And God will follow through with what you decide. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And let the scripture shape how you think if you found the benefit don't let it go hold on to it because that's what god wants to give you let, let me go into the terms of the covenant i see i have some time tonight is this time right Teresa? oh lord have mercy 
is right. Thank you so much. Good. Listen to this scripture. Psalm 91. I'm going to stay in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide or shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You see, God, not everybody's there in that secret place. Some people have visited the secret place, but they are not dwelling there. He who dwells. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So God has a secret place that you must discover under this covenant. Where you can dwell under His shadow of the Almighty. You see, There is the shadow of the Almighty, and then there is the shadow of the valley of death. You know about that scripture? Psalm 23. There is the shadow, which is the secret place of God, where you can dwell and not have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because under the shadow of the Almighty, all you have is life. And good things, prosperity, strength, all that we just read in Psalm 103. He who dwells, not visits or passes through, he who dwells. So there is a dwelling to be made. You can dwell in God's secret place and be under that shadow of the Almighty, under the shadow of Jehovah, where you are protected, where the scripture says, if God be for you, who can be against you? You are covered, no devil, no sickness, nothing evil can touch you. You dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. It's like the clouds in the wilderness. You remember that? The clouds and the pillar of fire. All the countries around were scared because they could see that. Under the shadow of God, the Almighty. So what is this this secret place? How do we define this secret place? (coughs) The secret place. The way to get into God's secret place is just one way. You know what it is? The born again experience. That's the only way to get into the secret place. Until you are born again, you can't get into God's secret place. That's not a place you can go. Your born again experience is what ushers you into God's secret place. When you are born again, you walk into God's secret place. However, not everybody wants to dwell there. That's the difference in the church. Everybody is not going to dwell there. They, some visit. <laughs> Remember the parable of the sower? Some visit. They don't stay there. So your born again experience is what gets you into that place. So 
what we need to do is not only have the born again experience, but live in the consciousness of the fact that you are truly a child of God. That's the key. Live under that consciousness. The worshiper once cleansed should have no more consciousness of sin. So you must live under that consciousness that you belong to God. You are born again. You are not like the rest of the world. You are different. You have been set apart for God. You belong to God. Thus, you have a new life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You are a new creature. So now, because you are a new creature and you have come under that covering, you need to dwell there. So that's the secret there. That's the term. First term, we have three of them I want to go through. First one is to be born again and stay born again. Jesus says it this way. It's John chapter 14 verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. When you get born again and you receive that experience and you live under that consciousness of being born again, you know that you are in Christ and in God. They have to go through the Father and go through the Son to get to you somewhere there. How they are going to bypass the Father and go through the Son and get to you, uh, that's a difficult thing to do. That's living under the covenant the cover, uh, covenant covering it's a secret place where no enemy can get that's a secret place you know the bible says this the word abide he who abides in the secret place of the most high jesus said if you abide that's in john 15 if you abide in me conditional even after being born again, it's conditional. You can choose not to. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So there are two things here. Being born again, but then you need the word of God. You abide in Christ, doing what you're doing tonight, but then you let the word of God abide in you. That's the secret here. You let the word of God abide in you. That's how you can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That's how you can abide. That's how you can abide and dwell in that place. If, my words ab- if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then it tells you what's going to happen. You will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. So your needs are covered. What you will. That includes your health. That includes your finances. That includes your relationships. That includes your children. That includes everything. You ask what you will. And God's going to do it. That's living under the covering of the New Testament covenant. When you let God's word abide in you. If you abide in me and you let the word of God abide in you. No 
Abiding in you, meaning that's where the word of God has its rest. Nothing is going to take you from that. You are resting fully in the, on the word of God. You are not taking man's opinion. You are not going by other people's experiences. Because that's what they tell you in church. Well, it didn't happen to brother so-and-so. So why, how can you be right if you really believe what they say? Well, that's scripture. Yeah, I know. It's scripture. But look. We got this holy brother that is not happening to. Well, I don't know what holy brother believes. I've got to abide with the word of God. To let the word abide in you. That's when you can ask. So, in the secret place, all your needs met. You can ask whatever you want. It says, whatever you desire, God's going to give it to you. But you have to be in the secret place where you are abiding under the covering of the New Testament covenant. So, that's very important. Notice... His word, that's the key. Standing firm on his word. John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them or set them apart through your truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart through the truth. Your word is truth. And John chapter 17 is Jesus' High priestly prayer. That was his last prayer. Full prayer for the church, for everybody. He prayed for the church. He prayed for, for his disciples first. And then the church, those that will come into the faith through them and said, God, I want them to be one. But then in his prayer, he says, set them apart or sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, to be under the covering of the covenant, you've got to stay with the truth. You can't be born again without the truth. That's what we need. Staying firmly on the truth of the word of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So that's the first thing. Getting born again. The second one is very, very important. Proclaim the beauty and power of your dwelling place. You got to speak it. Just believing it is not good enough. I don't know when Christians will learn this. Just believing it in your head is not good enough. I'm letting every one of you know today, you can believe all you want to believe in the scriptures, but until you start speaking it from your mouth, it's not going to take effect on your life. You won't enjoy it. You've got to declare it. These words of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You must meditate in it day and night. To meditate means to mutter it to yourself constantly. Mutter it to yourself. What the scripture says. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. All my needs are met. All of these things. You have to say them. So the scripture says... In Psalm 91, he says, I will say of the Lord. So it's you saying something. Not just dwelling in the secret place, but you must say it with your mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. You have to say it. Until you say it, it's not your refuge. Until you say it, he has not become your dwelling place. You have to say it with your mouth. Romans chapter uh, 10, it says, beginning from verse 8 down there, he says, don't say in your heart who's going to go up and bring Christ down 
from above or to bring him again from the grave or something like that. And then it says, uh, but what, is the, what does the word say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, which is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, so two things you have to do. You believe in your heart and then you confess with your mouth. Then you will experience it. Then you will be saved from whatever you want to be saved from. But you have to say it. I will say of the Lord, you have to speak of God's word, of God, I will. You must do the speaking. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Once he comes out of your mouth, you have now accepted him as your refuge. Until you accept Jesus by speaking it, inviting him into your life, he doesn't come in. He stands at the door and he knocks. Till you open your mouth and you say, Lord Jesus, I want you in. Then he comes in. So this principle is the same. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 tells us, since we have the same spirit of faith, I believe, therefore I have spoken. So if you believe, you got to speak. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You got to speak the word. Even in Isaiah 59, the end of the chapter, God says, this is my covenant with them. I've put my word in their mouth. Why? He says, it shall not depart from your mouth. Not from your descendants' mouth or your descendants' descendants' mouth. You got to be speaking this word. That's when it will take hold. That's when it will take effect. So I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Then it tells you what's going to happen. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Once you begin to speak that way, then God delivers you from the snare of the fowler. Those that are trying to trap you, to cause you trouble. And from the perilous uh, pestilence, everything that is walking around, he says he will deliver you because you have spoken it and you are under the secret, you are in the secret place of the Most High. You are under the covering of this covenant. Now that you have expressed it, God begins to work on your behalf. Surely, no doubt about it, He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Then He becomes, you now take refuge under His wings. He's covering you. Nobody can get to you. No devil can get to you. Nothing can get to you. He then becomes your, you take refuge under his wings. His truth, we'll get back to the truth again. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. What's protecting you? He's back to the word of God. You shall not be afraid of the terror. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. It doesn't matter whether it's daytime or nighttime. You are protected. Can I hear an amen? You are definitely protected under this covering, the New Testament covering. That's the covenant covering here. It says in verse 6, nor of the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste in noonday. I don't care if it's accident or if he's going to kill everybody, you, you are permitted to be exempted. Amen. But we have to believe these things. We have to believe these things. 
It says that in verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side. It doesn't matter what's happening to everybody else. That's what we think. Well, it's happening to everybody else. What makes you think you're special? Well, Jesus said, I'm special. Is that a problem with you? Jesus is the one that says, I'm special. And if I say something different, one of us lying. And he can't lie. So I'll stay on his side. A thousand may fall. It can happen to the rest of them. And ten thousand may fall. But the, the scripture says he won't come near you. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Do we really believe this thing? Well, it's happening to everybody. What makes you think it won't happen to your family? You should be grateful. No, God said it won't come near me because I'm under the covering. Covering of the new covenant. We are not like the rest of them. A, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't light a lamp and put it under a basket. And you are that light. You are that city to show the world what God can do in the life of a person who is staying in the secret place or who is dwelling in the secret place of God. The most high God. We, be, we hear these things but we don't want to believe them. And we accept a lie. It's God says only with your eyes. You look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you, have, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge. How did you make the Lord your refuge? How? You said it. Is that, there's no other way in this scripture to make God your refuge, right? You make him your refuge because of what you said. You said it. It says because you have made. So you because you have, that means something that you did before this time. How did you do it? You spoke it. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Now you made the Lord, who is my refuge, your refuge, according to the scriptures here. Even the most high, that's the one you made your refuge, your dwelling place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. How did you do it? You said it. That's the term of the covenant. That's your part. Say it. Even if your head doesn't agree with it, because of what you are experiencing right now, still say it. And say it by faith in God's word. And God himself will make his word come to pass. Because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, God says this, no evil. Can you say it with me? No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. You know why they won't come near your dwelling? Your dwelling place is the secret place of the most high, right? They're not coming there. Evil, does, evil is afraid of that place. They can't come near. So we have a powerful covenant. And I got to finish with this tonight. So the third thing is, set your love upon him. That's the third term. First, be born again. Secondly, speak what God spoke to What the song we sang, the song we sang tonight. Speak what is true. Yeah. Speak what is true. Yeah. 
We need to say those things. We need to say those things. But then the next thing is set your love upon him. That's another part. Set your love upon him. It's a deliberate thing you have to do. I know I don't have the power, but in my prayer time till today, I'm still telling God that. I don't trust me. <laughs> That's just the truth. We are like everybody else. I think I was telling somebody today, there's a song we used to sing when I was a new Christian, Keep Me True, Lord Jesus, Keep Me True. There's a race that I must run. Remember that song? There's a victory to be won. Give me power every hour to be true. I, I, some mornings, that's what I do. I'm telling God that. Till tomorrow, I still do it. I don't trust me, but I trust his word. Amen? I trust his word. If his word doesn't carry me, I'm going nowhere. I've got to trust his word. So I tell him, keep me true. I, true, I want to be there with him. Let the word carry me. It's the word that is going to, to carry every one of us. So the Bible says, because he has set his love upon me. And I tell God, I've set my love upon you. And I go like that man who says, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. <laughs> That's what I do. God, I have set my love upon you. And then I come back, please help me set my love upon you. Because you can't trust me. <laughs> I can't trust me. But he is the one that is faithful. Amen. And that's the, the good place to dwell in his, uh, his, his secret place. I do it that way. So, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. That means you are going to be in trouble sometime. But God says, I'm going to deliver you. No matter what kind of trouble you get into, whether a fat trouble or a thin trouble, uh, short trouble or long, I mean tall trouble, God's going to deliver you from it. God will deliver you. I will set him on high because he has known my name. What name is that? The name of Jesus. I know that name. So I keep calling that name. The name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It, that's the name. And so because of that, I'm going higher. If you don't like it, that's your trouble. I'll say the name as I climb higher. Amen. So he takes you. He sets you on high because you have known his name. He says he will call upon him. I will, he, will, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. So it's like being in the fire. The fiery furnace, Jesus was there before they got in there. And he's still the same yesterday, today and forever. So the trouble, the enemy is planning for me or for you. Before I get there, Jesus was already, he's already experiencing it and has neutralized it before I got there. Can I hear an amen? He said, I will be with him in trouble. But then the next thing is, I'll deliver him. Just like it was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fire, but delivered them. I will deliver him. And then he says, I will honor him. How many would like to receive honor from the Lord? Because you know his name. And because you have set your love upon him. God's going to honor you. He may not do it overnight. But I trust in God. That's, that's scripture. Um... I believe it's uh, Psalm 69, verse 6. He says, uh, you know, let not those, let not those uh, um, who call upon him. Can you put that for me? Let not, sister nine verse, Psalm 69, verse 6. Let not those who wait on you be ashamed. Or let not those who wait for you, O Lord of hosts, be ashamed because of me. 
Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because my life is in God. People are watching. Amen? People are watching. So that's my prayer. That's my prayer. So God, I need, I need that honor because people are looking. People are looking and watching what's happening. He goes to church. He's worship, worshiping God. What's happening to him? What's happening to his children? What's happening to his family? And because I don't have any control and God has promised to honor me, these are the things that humans look at as they measure what's going on in your life. So I let God know, let not those... Who wait for you, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O Lord God of Israel. That's my prayer. But you see, God will honor you. Can I hear an amen? God will honor you. He says, I will deliver him and I'll honor him. And then he says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life, I will satisfy him. You know the way I interpret that? Until I'm satisfied with living, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not planning to go anywhere. I believe God. He's the one holding the universe together. Read Hebrews chapter 1. He holds everything together, the word of his power. The same word created me. He can hold me together. I don't have to consider about sickness. Yeah, I can get tempted. That's the way I see it. When sickness and the symptoms come, I see that as temptation. But I'm going to stay with God's word. And if it doesn't work for me, I'm ready to go home. But no fear. Amen? I don't want to hear any negative saying, the word of God is all I want to know. And not, nothing can kill me. Nothing can kill you. Because you are hid in Christ. You are in Christ and in God. And if God be for you, no one can be against you. A lot of words tonight. But they are true words. And we should believe this thing. And be transformed. Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until you change the way you think, you cannot be transformed. But once you start changing the way you think, and it lines up with the Word of God, then all the circumstances in your life, including your physical body, will begin to be transformed. And the decisions that you begin to make will be the right decision. And when, even when you make a decision that doesn't seem to be right, God says all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. So even those things that you think I shouldn't have, he says, don't worry, son. That's part of the plan. Amen? That's part of the plan. We're getting you there. You're going up. Amen? Because God is honoring you. Amen? Say it with me. God is honoring my life. Well, say it like you really mean it. Some of you are not too sure, but say it like you really mean it. (laughs) Amen. 
And that's the truth. That's the truth. God's honoring you. And when God honors you, the devil has to honor you. Amen? He has to stay clear. He sees you and he says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? What, what is he up to or what is she up to now? Uh, you demon, please watch him. See, he's going. But they're pretty scared. Amen? God's with us. Stand up with me tonight. My wife has given me the signal. <laughs> the real boss is over there. <laughs> Let's lift our hands up. So that's just to tell Angela, please don't make those. 